Hey, everybody, and welcome to Fantastic Insights with breaking news on the way. So today we have a lot to cover. I wanted to, well, first I felt really inspired last night. And, and recently I've been having this thing probably for a while now where I've been looking at the story of Lazarus. So I'm going to start this story off. Where is Lazarus? Is he, he's with Abraham. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? Where, where is Lazarus? And so this is really important. And who is Lazarus? Is Lazarus the same person in Luke as he is in John? Now, this is actually kind of a split thing. Some people believe that it is a separate Lazarus. And I'll discuss some of those points, why they believe that. And some people believe it's the same. And I'm going to get into that right now. So let's go ahead and get going here. I pulled up some Bible verses. So first, let's go through and just kind of talk about who is Lazarus anyway? Let's let's start with the story where we where we first meet him in John. Let's go from the book of John because I think it's really important to understand uh, from this point before we get into the story in Luke. So let's let's start out with this John because this is a fuller picture here. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters, and that's in parentheses. So I'm not quite for sure when the author actually wrote this, if they put that on uh, before or if that was to kind of illustrate later what's going on, why he put that in parentheses in the second verse. Not 100% for sure on that. I didn't catch that before, but I wanted to go ahead and point that out now because this is a big part of what I'm going to be talking about today. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the light, or, sorry, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Taking of rest in sleep, sorry. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. So they're in Bethany. We know that they're in Bethany. We're going to establish this. And it's near Jerusalem. 
And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when he and when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came out unto him. Oh, I apologize. Man, I'm really stumbling on my words today, guys. I apologize. But, you know, trying to read fast here, I'm trying to get through this because there's a lot of material to cover. And I really want to get the backstory of Lazarus in here. So I do apologize. Um, as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came onto him. Now, Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her. When they saw Mary, that she arose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth on to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, We have, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came, the many of the Jews which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. 
Yeah, I, I think people are going to believe you raise somebody from the dead. Now, when we're talking about this, too, just to go ahead and give a little bit of a story here. Somebody may say, well, maybe it was a, cons- a conspiracy. Maybe they conspired to do this. Maybe it was a trick or something. Well, he's been in the grave for four days. Now, these tombs are pretty good size, but they're not massive tombs. We're not talking about the size of a house here. We're talking about the size of probably a tunnel or a room. I mean, he's able to get out. So, I mean, probably just enough room to stand up and walk in and out. Um, if you looked on the Discovery Channel, you can see some of the sizes of the tombs. Uh, one of the ones that they say Jesus or believe that Jesus was laid in. Um, and, and you can see it's, it's, it's a fairly small room. Um, and this thing is sealed with a stone. It's sealed to the point to where they can't smell it because... Mary here says, surely he stinketh. So she doesn't know for sure that he's stinking, you know, because they're not smelling it, right? So she's pointing it out that he's been dead for four days. He's probably stinking right now. He's, they're not smelling it outside of the tomb. Now, if they were outside of the tomb and the dead body had some sort of an air vent in there, you would be smelling that from outside of the tomb because dead bodies really stink from what I've been able to read, um, especially after a very short amount of time. The odor would be very foul. And we would have, they would have definitely have known that odor. And that would have been coming out. So she wouldn't have had to say, hey, you know, he's going to stink. They would have been like, hey, we can smell that he's smelling, you know. Uh, so obviously it's airtight is my point. So he would have been inside of a very small room, airtight room for four days. So just wanted to point that out. And then also we can see that the historical accuracy, because they put napkins on their faces too. It's like a little cloth, like a shroud that would have went over the head of the wrappings of the body they would have been wrapped up in. So we can see that this being historically accurate and also uh, the importance that he had been in that grave sealed for four days. So this would have been something that the, the Jews would have been aware of. This is why this is not something they would have questioned. They're not questioning that he, this guy's dead. They know he died. They know he died. They know he buried. He went through a ritualistic burying where they cleaned the body, anointed the body, wrapped the body, put the body, sealed the body airtight in his tomb. Bam. So I just wanted to point that out. This is very important to realize that Jesus Christ rose this person from the dead who'd been dead for four days. Now, Jesus throughout the Bible raises a lot of people from the dead, including himself, amazingly. And that's what the whole point of the resurrection of life. He says he's the resurrection of life. So we really got to understand that point. That's got to be a solid fixture for us going forward here. When we discuss where's Lazarus at, where's he been? Is it the same Lazarus as in Luke? We really got to know first off that, hey, this story is 100% true. Um, so let's move forward past this, but some of them went their ways. Oh, so then many of the Jews, which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him, but some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them the things which had happened. So I'm going to skip past this part right here. Cause this is pretty much where, um, the rest of that chapter is about the Pharisees conspiring to take Jesus as a matter of fact, and the right here, the last part here. Um, well, we'll go to 54 here. Jesus, therefore, walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence onto a country near to the wilderness in a city called Ephraim. Ephraim. And he continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went on to the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. So this is at the time of the Passover. This is at the time when they're moving into, so we can get a time period here. This is actually shortly before the Passover, and so they're out of there. So right here in the next chapter, at the start of the next chapter, chapter 12, um, we see 
Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Then there, no, I'm sorry, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Of course, Jesus reprimands him and says, you know, um, I'm just going to skip past that point. Um, Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my bearing. Hath she kept this for the poor always you have for the poor always ye have with you. But me, ye have not always. Now, so this is important. And we also hear a little bit more about Lazarus in the following verse here. Much of the people, therefore, much of the people, much of. People of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. So Lazarus would like freak these guys out. Jesus Christ raised Lazarus up from the dead. They're they're like, oh, how, how do we sit here and say that he's not the son of God no more? How can we start denying this guy as a prophet? Because they don't want Jesus here, man. Jesus Jesus is the son of God. And he tells us why they don't want him. Because Jesus says these people want sin. They're, they're living in sin. All they care about is money and power and sin. And they're not walking with God. They're not following the true commandments of the Lord. They're doing their own statues. They're power hungry. Their ideal, what they want for their Messiah is... A conqueror. They want to raise up an army and conquer the Romans. That's what they're wanting. They want to be rich and powerful and rule over the land. So, the, so, and, and throughout the Bible, when the prophets rose up and the anointed ones like King David, and when we got Moses, that's what they're doing. They're taking out the enemies. But Jesus takes on a much bigger enemy. He's taking on a much bigger enemy than anybody else has ever taken on. He's taken on sin. He's taken on the world of sin. He's taken on death. He's taken on the enemy of death. So the Jews, they're not realizing, they're not seeing what Jesus, who he really is. They're not seeing the power, right? But anyway, so I wanted to point that out. So before I get into this a little bit more, um, and, and it's just amazing. And the people, therefore, that was with him, I'm, I jumped down here to 17. Uh, the people, therefore, because, the, you know, right before this, um, oh, I'll go back up here. You know, I just might as well finish that out. Uh, we'll go right here to the 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, set thereon, as it is written, for, or 15, fear not, daughter of Sion, behold, the king cometh, sitting on the ass's colt. So he's fulfilling prophecy. Uh, these things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him 
when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. This is an amazing miracle. This is an amazing miracle. So let's move over to Luke real quick. And this is a much shorter verse. So this will only take a few seconds to get through this, or much shorter, much shorter passage. Um, and then I'm going to go re recap and see if I can show you something here that's really interesting. And so when we get to um, the book, uh, Luke chapter 16, uh, the beginning of chapter 16, it, we, we talk a lot about the evils of money and the falls of rich people and how they probably won't go to heaven. Um, you know, we kind of see the evils that are going on here. And so then we're going to jump down right here to the bottom part here, which is the parable of Lazarus. Now, one of the things I want to talk about with Lazarus is, or not just Lazarus, but the parables that Jesus gives. Jesus gives parables throughout all the gospels. Uh, this is very well known. Um, I believe all those parables to be true. I believe that the, those parables, every one of those parables are either an event that has happened or an event that will happen. Remember, Jesus is of the truth. The truth. So he's not sitting here spinning fiction for us. He's not giving us fairy tales. He's telling us the truth. So here we go. Let's let's get right on into it right here with the... Uh, okay, so here we go. Um, so Jesus tells us, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great goal fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from hence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And that's all we really have about Lazarus right there. Um, and so this is really fascinating. This is this is really where we're going to get into it right now, because this is where people sit here and say, OK, 
This can't be the same Lazarus because this Lazarus is poor. He is a beggar. And the other Lazarus had a tomb. Also, one may allude to the fact that many of the Jews came on to his sisters. Um, so there is some things here. It, well, one of the I actually read one of the arguments against this, and that's what it was, that Lazarus had a tomb. He's buried in a tomb. That's something that rich people would have. That's not something that poor people would have as a tomb. But the two interesting, the reasons why a lot of people also will allude that this being the same Lazarus is because Jesus frankly says um, there was a rich man. He just goes right into telling a story, an actual fact here. There was a rich man. So this is really interesting in Luke that we're hearing this. Um, the other point is that Lazarus is only mentioned twice in the Bible. In Luke and in John. Not mentioned in the Old Testament. Some people believe that his name had been Hellenized uh, to the Greek. And that's why we get Lazarus. And there was a completely separate name, which is like, I got to do some investigation on that to really get into all that. But I'm not going to. Uh, not right now, anyway. Because I think I could, I could prove my argument that this is the same Lazarus from this right here alone, from the New Testament, and just using the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to prove this. Because right here we see that Jesus raised this guy from the dead. And you know what? If you want to say that this guy was a rich guy or a poor guy, well, I think Lazarus was a poor guy. Uh, somebody else used the argument because he took the same side, but he decided to take on the argument of the beggar. And using the Greek term, which the Greek word can actually mean poor or beggar or being in a poor state of health, which we see that from Lazarus was laid at his gate full of sores. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So he couldn't even get up to get away from the dogs. You know what I'm saying? He's so in such a poor state, such a poor condition that he can't get up. Remember, Martha and Mary, when Martha and Mary sent on to Jesus, they sent on him saying that the brother is really sick. Their brother Lazarus is really sick. So let's move on a little bit further here. And let's put up some other things here that I wanted to argue about. Or not argue about, but more or less argue in case or for the point of that I think I believe it's the same person. So now I had to get a drink there. So Lazarus now being in hell. So is this Lazarus in hell? So let's look and see. So what are some of the things that we can allude to next? Well, we know that not long after this, Mary, and this is why I pointed out at the beginning when I seen that um, the parentheses, that it was the same person that had anointed um, Jesus's feet. When they said Martha and Mary, the same people that had anointed it were in parentheses. I thought that that was strange because of the fact that um, ooh, I lost my place there. I lost my place. Okay, you guys are just gonna have to bear with me. I'm on a live recording, so I can't stop it down. I can't stop it. I cannot stop it. Okay, that's what that was about. Okay, so there we go. Okay, leave that there. Okay, so back to Martha and Mary. So we see that they're anointed, and that's why I mentioned earlier that I thought it was strange that it was in parentheses, right? Because, I mean, obviously it, it happens in the preceding chapter. We started in chapter 11, um, learning about Lazarus, and then they introduce Mary and Martha as the same people. 
So this is obviously written later on um, after the events happen. It's not a dictation moment by moment. And so let's look a little bit into these gospels. So we see that Mary and Martha, or that uh, Mary anoints the Lord's feet with her steps. So let's look at Luke, where we see else. Where do we see that? Do we see a story in Luke where Martha is, or Mary and Martha are anointing the Lord's feet? Well, we don't quite see that, but what we do see is a story about Mary and Martha in Luke. Now, remember, the first three Gospels are known as the synoptic texts or synoptic Gospels because they're extremely similar to one another. Whereas John is written independently and a little bit different, even though they all share uh, multiple attributes throughout the, the Gospels, there is different stories in each one of them, which makes sense because everybody's coming at it from their own perspective, their own point of view. So we don't see the anointing. But what we do see is we do hear about Mary and Martha. Um, and that's in, let's see right here. And that's in ver chapter 10. I think it's starting at verse 38. Yeah, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So we do see here that she's being invited into Martha's house. So, okay, so that's interesting. So let's keep that on the side button here. And let's look a little further. Let's go check out some other verses before we come back and do some investigation. Because in the book of John, in chapter 12, where are they meeting at? They're in chapter 6. Or in chapter uh, 12 here. Oh, there we go. Chapter 12. They are meeting at Simon the leper's house. Right? The anointment. Let's see. Therefore, Lazarus, supper, uh, pound of spikenard. Oh, nope. They don't mention that he's at Simon's leper's house yet. I got ahead of myself, guys. I gave away a surprise. I'm sorry. Okay, so we do know that Mary and Martha, they're having dinner with Mary and Martha before he goes down to Jerusalem for the Passover. And he's meeting up with all these people again, and Martha and Mary are there. So this event of Martha and Mary may have taken place before that event, but we do know that Martha and Mary are established now in the book of Luke. So let's look and see if we can find a similar story in the book of Matthew. Let's start back. Let's go all the way back to Matthew. And in Matthew, a chapter 26, we can see that there we go right here now let's see here okay starting in i don't okay starting in chapter six now when jesus was in bethany in the house of simon the leper there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat 
But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. So, and he goes on to say, For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. So we can see in John and in Matthew now, we actually have a very similar story, except for they don't mention Mary and Martha by name, but they do mention that the house that they're in is Simon the leper. But they mention a very similar event, but there's some discrepancies, obviously. We see that it's put on his head versus his feet. Interesting, interesting, interesting. But we do see the same argument. There's indignation from the disciples. Um, there's a problem, which is Judas Iscariot. Um, there's a problem here, and they're talking about the poor. And Jesus gives the same answer. For the poor you have with you always, but for me you have just right now. So she did this against the day of my burial. So we have the same story. We could say that this is almost 100%. I, I would say that this is the same story. This is the same Mary and Martha. And so now we know they're in the house of Simon. So this is important. Simon the leper. So I thought that that was interesting when I came across Simon the leper. But I'm going to get back to Simon in a second. So let's jump over to Mark. And see if we see a story of Mary and Martha in the book of Mark. Because Mary and Martha are important to understand who they are. Because they're actually in. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Andrew, forthwith, thy holy place. Is it Mark 40? Yeah, 140. Okay, so one. Okay, that's different. Okay, so we're in. Uh, wrong part there. Sorry about that, guys. So we're at. Okay, here we go. And now we're in chapter 14 of Mark. Wow, you guys are not going to believe it. I had sat here and I was all wrapped up and proud of myself. And I realized that the recording had stopped about halfway through. <laughs> um yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and do this a second time and this time I'm going to guess I'm going to keep it shorter for myself. You know, you, you ever have one of those things where you're sitting there and you're still talking on the phone after you've had a drop call and then you're like, "Hello, are you there? Hello, are you there?" <laughs> so, all right. So, um we were I, I believe I had to go back and listen to the recording. So it was um Mark chapter 14 is where we are at and in chapter 14, we also see Mary and Martha, and we see almost the same story. Um, there's a little bit different wording in this story, and you'll notice that too in each one of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's a little bit different story uh, wording within the stories, but we see right here in chapter 14, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. So we have some differences here. We see the head, but we also have the same thing. So we have, and there was some indignation against the lady. They said that they could have sold over 300 pence. Jesus tells them, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, ye, will, ye may do them good. 
for ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me have not always. She hath done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. So she's already talking. So we're seeing the same story here with Mary uh, and Martha in both Matthew and Mark and in John. And in Luke, we do see that Jesus visits Martha and Mary, but we don't see the name of the village being Bethany. And we don't have the anointment right here. So we, we, we do see that. So there is some discrepancies. And we could talk about the discrepancies too, because the discrepancies, it could just be, again, everybody's coming at it from their own point of view. So the discrepancies could be that Mark, see, Mark is also wasn't one of the apostles. Mark and Luke weren't the apostles. Uh, there's a belief that Mark may have been a disciple of Peter and that Luke may be of one of the other apostles and that they were went there and interviewed and wrote this information down. So John would have been a firsthand witness. So probably John would have been probably the most accurate of all these. Um, and Matthew has a lot of detail. So Matthew would have been the other more detailed one. So we do see that the anointed the feet and anointed the head. But, you know, in Hebrew tradition, we have a lot of anointing of heads. Now, when we get to... When we take a look and we go back to Simon the leopard. So who's Simon the leopard? Well, there is a leopard and he's mentioned in Mark 140, which it's even though there's two times in Mark that I could find that where a lepers are healed. Uh, the first time is in 140 where a man falls down his feet and praises Jesus. Jesus cleanses him and tells him to go on to the priest. We see that same story uh, slightly worded a little bit differently in Matthew 8, 2. Um, and when he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leopard and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. We also see that same story in Luke. Now in Luke, we also see um, the very similar story. And where is it at in Luke? It's in... 512 in Luke is when we have that story pop up. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So, and it's actually the same story too. And, G and Jesus tells him the same thing. And he charged him, tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priests and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. So we see multiple times that, so Simon, we have a particular leper that's mentioned in the Synoptic Gospels. And I think that that's interesting. So I think that that leper, um, especially since, he's, since it, it, it seems to be a particular story in these three, and the wording is so similar, I think it's Simon the leper's house that they're meeting at in the book of John. 
even though it's not mentioned as Simon of the Leper's house, we also don't have we we also see that it's definitely Mary and Martha. I mean, we, we see that Mary has anointed um, Jesus with this same box of ointment, and there's indignation from the the uh, disciples about this, which is really Judas Iscariot, uh, which is mentioned in the Book of John. So we see that same story in all form, but they don't always mention Mary in each one of those stories. So we can see that this is obviously a very, to me, this is a very plausible theory. So, and the reason I'm pointing this out is because I want to make sure that we establish that it's not Lazarus's house that they're meeting at. I mean, in Luke, we did see that they invited Mary and Martha invited him into their home, but that doesn't mean it was her house either. And it actually doesn't mean that they're in the same place. They could be in another town or they could have lost that home. So this is going on to my second theory. The reason I wanted to point this out is because the main argument um, that I've seen somebody make or the the most be the best argument I've seen somebody make is that they point out that Lazarus was rich because he had a tomb. You could also say that Mary and Martha had a home and that the Jews were coming to them and giving them gifts. And this would have been probably something more for a rich person. But I don't believe that that's necessarily true. What I what we can also theorize is that there's something in Jewish law to where every seven years they have to restore your stuff to you. So if you like sell a house, you barter, stuff like that in Jewish, you know, they get it restored to you. If you don't claim it, you know, you can keep it or whatever. So that rich man, perhaps Lazarus, was going to that rich man and why he was begging in front of that rich man's house was because he had sold that person his property or maybe he was about time for him to get his stuff returned to him and he was trying to ask for it from that rich man early. That's a possibility, um, which is not uncommon. And we have it in uh, Hebrewic law. And I'll get it. And I don't want to get into the full story of that. But that's what I think might have happened. So Lazarus may not have been a rich man. Now, somebody else had argued that by him being a beggar was a different translation and or Greek had to do with the Greek translation and the word uh, that it derives from the Greek actually means in poor state or poor health. But I think it has to do with the fact that, you know, maybe he didn't have everything. He sold it. He got rid of it. You know, he didn't have it. And he was going for the seven years of atonement where, you know, he would have got his stuff back. You know, and he's asking the guy, he's like, hey, give me back my stuff, man. You know, or give me back some money. You know, I need it for for food and health. You know, um, who knows why he was starving. Um, but the miracle that happened on him was amazing. I mean, Jesus Christ brought him back to life. So, I mean, whatever he suffered was, was obviously a great reward onto him. And so I believe that that was was the same Lazarus because Lazarus is only mentioned in the Bible twice in Luke and in John. So we don't see a lot of other mentioning of it, but we do see that Jesus also raised a lot of people from the dead. So it's very possible. And we see that this all matches up. And also another interesting thing is in John eight fifty six. there's an interesting thing that Jesus says. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Now some people say that this means that um, there was a prophecy. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was Abraham seen him in a prophecy or a vision or something. 
um, or talking about Sodom and Gomorrah or when he's visiting him before he pulls Lot out of, you know, before uh, Abraham or the angels go to pull Lot out of uh, Sodom and God destroys it since his angels to destroy it. I think it might actually be the reference to Abraham holding Lazarus in his bosom. I mean, I think that that's a pretty strong coincidence that we're seeing here in the Bible. I see that there's only two Lazarus. We see that Mary and Martha are throughout the entire structure of the new gospels in each one of them. Uh, the anointment of the oil, which we know she got from the burial. Mary got from the burial or gift for the burial of uh, Lazarus. So we know that's where she got the oil from. So, I mean, just because the story doesn't represent itself in everyone doesn't mean that it's not powerful. I think it's powerful. And I think that that's Lazarus that was in hell. And also we can see that there is a hell in earth because Jesus tells us that he is the only one who's been that a he's come from heaven and John. Uh, what is it? John 638. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me um, in Matthew. Uh, no. And right here we see in uh, John 3.13, no one has no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And that was in the New International Highway. I'm reading that one. They would read the King James Version only. King James Bible only, baby. King James, and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. So Jesus tells us directly that he is from heaven. He's come on earth. Nobody else has been to heaven. And so this is important to understand, though, wh wh why we see that there is a gulf here where Abraham and Lazarus are looking over to the man in hell or the man being tormented in the flames. There's a gulf in between them. They're inside hell. They're in Sheol. They're in earth. Which is where I believe the the Greeks may have stolen their interpretation of their afterlife from. And as a matter of fact, as we look through the, not just the Bible, there's a lot of references. Even in First Peter, we see that Jesus had been risen. He died. He you know he testified onto the dead, and all went up. And we see that in multiple references. There is. I'm not going to get into all of those. Maybe I'll save that for another segment. But in 1 Peter 3.18, in Luke 23.43, in Philippians uh, 1.12-23, in 2 Corinthians, in Hebrews, in Psalms 88.3, uh, so 2 Peter 2.4-10. So we see multiple references of there being an afterlife in earth, which is where Moses and possibly, or possibly where Moses and Enoch would have been inside of um, until Jesus had went to heaven and allowed the resurrection and wanted us up into heaven with him, which is where we can go now if Jesus wants us up there with him when he calls us up, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it was really fascinating. I think it was really amazing to understand that that's what's happening here. We see a real story of what's happening. And I think it's important to understand this because it gives us a better understanding 
of what, 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 what the writers of the Gospels want to portray. If we try to say that that's not the same Lazarus, and now what have we done? Have we made that a, uh, a parable? A, uh, is, is that a myth? I mean, is that a real story? Is I mean, you know, some sort of a fake story or something that we're hearing? No, no. Let's let's put it back into context. That's a real Lazarus. That's a real story of him being in hell with Abraham, and that's a real Lazarus being risen from the grave after four days of being dead. And that's important for us to understand it in that way, um, and that's important for us to preach it that way. And I, and I think that that's uh, something we should be evangelizing on. And it gives us an understanding because, you know, Jesus has t- taught us of the afterlife and the parables. I do believe that every one of the parables he gives us are true stories. I think that they're based on events that have happened or events that will happen. And so I wanted to break that down because I really wanted to show some references that Simon the leper had the house. They were at Simon the leper's house at this time. So we see a full story here of what's going on. Um and these guys all wrote scripture differently. The book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, and the book of John. Um, John was an eyewitness, which is really amazing. We can see that John was probably standing right there as the stuff was happening. Uh, Matthew, the and we know that the book of John is probably the same person who wrote John wrote Revelations and wrote First John and Second John. Uh, so we, we know that it's the same John there. Uh, so we, we can believe that this is John. Uh, some people will argue about the the writings that a bunch of fishermen or this or that wasn't able to do this great writing and stuff like that in Greek. And, and you know, I'm just going to point it out right away. Um, these guys are fishermen that own boats. They own a business. Can you show me a bunch of poor farmers and uneducated farmers? Most farmers I grew up with and know, um, they're not uneducated. You know, they, they, they usually have to run a business. They got to figure things out. Think about it. So and, and maybe they weren't uh, the wealthiest of the wealthy, and maybe some of them were very poor. Maybe they had small vessels, but I imagine a couple of them were a little bit educated. They might have had some common sense. They might have had to write notes. They might have had to do loans. Who knows? We, we're just pres- assuming certain things, and let's not assume what we don't what we don't know. Uh, same thing with, and look at Matthew, Matthew came from the seat of customs. Uh, he was educated. So, or maybe not educated, but at least he had a, he had a position, you know? So, I mean, that's kind of interesting right there too. Um, and though I don't, we don't know if Matthew, but we know that the writing of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, even though the, the first three are known as the synoptic gospels and they have a lot of similarities, they all four have similarities and that's why they're in the, the Bible. But anyway, I wanted to share that with you guys. I thought it was an amazing story. And that's my evidence for why um, I believe Lazarus to be the same person. He's only mentioned in the Bible twice. There's only two. There's only a Lazarus name mentioned in Luke and in John. That's it. We see that we have the stories all the way through um, of Mary and or of the anointment with the oil. We see the same rebuttal given to the disciples about you know why mary's doing it that her that she should be preached uh that a testimony of her will be preached with this gospel throughout the world because of her amazing act um onto the lord so so we see that this is this is all right lining up it it makes sense for us to establish it this way so anyway, thanks a lot for listening. I like doing episodes like this. So if you enjoyed it, please let me know. Or if you had some comments or if you feel that there is a reason why you wanted to disagree with that, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Um, and I think I'll probably do another episode on the um, 
the other afterlifes in the earth and the misunderstanding that people have about that, because, you know, a lot of times our interpretation of hell in the English language is different than what the actual afterlife is. Cause I mean, when we look at it uh, and I've looked at it before, you know, that it, it's referred to as different things, you know, the pit, the, the, uh, uh, the deep, you know, the, um, the lake of fire. And, and so we see different, different interpretations of what's going on here. So it's, it's important to understand that there's a, an actual, like, like I said, maybe, you know, something similar to other things, uh, other cultures where it's an actual afterlife, maybe a place of rest or something like that. But, uh, anyway, Jesus overcame death for all of us, man. He gave us, you know, for all of our sins and everything. So believe on him, be saved today. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, believe on the name of Jesus Christ and be saved and uh, peace be with you in the name of Jesus.